1: What's going on, everybody? Zach Rosenblatt back here with Daryl Slater for the latest episode of the Talk is Cheap podcast. It's a nearly season-ending edition of the Talk is Cheap. Um, there's a lot going on with the Giants. The playoffs will not be there. 4-12. and 12, They're about to be 4-13. and 13. I think this is probably the worst team in the NFL as we see here right now. They've lost five games in a row by double digits. Joe Judge has been... Mocked and criticized by just about every major personality in the NFL over the last week for his insane 11-minute rant on Sunday, which has Daryl and I worried that there's at least a possibility we have to cover a coaching search, which I don't think either of us want to do. Um, but so, Daryl, Dar- how have you processed the end of the season and how – I mean, like, you and I are pretty pessimistic, you even more than me, and I don't think we could have predicted ending in this way. Really? I'm pessimistic. <laughs> um, uh... yeah, you're a teddy
0: bear. <laughs> well, thank you. Thank you. The, uh Look, I mean, four and seven coming out of the Eagle game, Daniel Jones hurts his neck in that game by not sliding. Uh, and we thought, you know, I think we talked about it after the game, like, or after the injury came out, you know, if, if this turns out to be something that keeps him out for the season as it, as it has, uh, they could lose out. But I don't think either of us envisioned them really um, going into the tank, not in tanking, obviously, but being as, as terrible uh, as they have been, like I mean, getting blown out every game. I and mean, we we know Mike Lennon was was going to be a problem. I think he's probably been a bigger problem than anyone could have expected. They're going to lose again Sunday with Jake Fromm starting because Mike Lennon's hurt. Um, but I don't think I don't think we saw them being as non-competitive
1: um, yeah, that's as the they have thing, been. Yeah.
0: And I think look if if there had been you know, even a peep or two of locker room discord coming out of this facility. I think that, you know, we could look at this and say Joe Judge is a goner. Now I I suppose it could happen. I don't think it will, but um I just don't think John Mara has the stomach to go two and done with another head coach and to be paying three coaches next year because it's a final year of Pat Shermer's buyout. Remember Ben McAdoo had a four year contract. 16 17 18 and 19 so he was only paid for two years of not working uh and so at no point here in this stretch have has John Mara ever paid three coaches two non-employed and one employed that's what he would be doing if he fired Joe Judge I don't that's one of the reasons and I don't think it's the only reason well I don't think it's the main reason but I think it's one of the reasons why they keep him. I think, that, you know, look, I think John Mara still believes in this guy, even though a lot of people don't, and even though I think you and I fall on the, certainly the more skeptical side at this point.
1: Yeah, and just, real quickly, just to touch on your point about how we didn't think it would get any worse. They had negative 10 net passing yards the other day. Who uh, who they, they just play I'm blanking on blank? I do who they, The Bears. The Bears. And, Bad but team. There was a stat correction, so it got moved to minus six instead. So they gained yards and they still weren't at zero. That's <laughs> Just remarkable to give you an idea of like the historic level of ineptitude. Like I, you can say that the injuries are, you know, they had an incompetent quarterback, but they chose Mike Glennon as their backup quarterback because they thought he was good. And I mean, was.
0: they lost to the Bears.
1: Yeah, a the Bears bad are a team, bad NFL team
0: that system. is going to be firing their coach, and everybody knows yeah. it. They lost twenty-nine to three. They oh. lost the game by twenty-six points after as, losing.
1: As as, uh, as many have like phrased it, how how can you? You look at that game, there was one coach that is guaranteed to get fired, and there was another that is guaranteed to come back practically. And the one that got killed was the one that's guaranteed to come back. So. I mean, that's
0: it's remarkable. I mean, and so they lose by 26, 24, 15, 16, and 11. If my math is, is right in this stretch since beating the Eagles by a whopping score 13 to 7 in that game. Oh, and by the way, they lost by 20 points in the game before that to the Bucs. Obviously, a really good Bucks team. But um yes, very little has gone right for this team coming out of the bye. Um you know, really the last time you could feel f- totally good about things, you know, November 7th, they beat they beat the Raiders. Oh, by the way, it's January 7th, and we're recording this uh, 2 months ago. So, um yeah, man, I I I just uh, again, I, I just think there's so much to to wonder about Joe Judge in terms of his competence. Uh, and is it, I, I'm really skeptical about this guy at this point. Um, yes, he didn't have his quarterback for these last six games. um but again, he was four and seven. It's not like he was he was seven and four yeah, and he lost his quarterback. Were, they
1: weren't good with Daniel Jones. their offense was scoring seventeen points a game.
0: I mean, this has been the problem for the failed NFL teams around here for quite a while, and it's this: they, you know, they haven't been able to number one develop a quarterback. That's been the problem for the Jets for a while here. Even with yeah. Rex Ryan, he could never bring in a, you know, the right offensive line to get the job done consistently. And he, you of course, Eli Manning didn't need developing, but you know, he, he was fading, and they held on to him for too long, and they just have not been able to find. Uh, any developmental stability with Daniel Jones. So the offensive problems, you know, these two teams, if you look at how bad they've been, they've been bad overall, the Jets and Giants, but like offensively, they've been among the worst teams in the league. And you can't win at all in today's NFL being as bad as these teams have been offensively.
1: That's actually a good way to segue into what I wanted to mention next. Um, Because, you know, the discussion about, you know, I I can see the argument for Joe getting a third year. Like I can, like you want to, This roster was a mess, whatever. I mean, you can make all the excuses you want. I mean, I think he's still at fault in a lot of ways. The offense was built in his image, whether Garrett was calling the plays he wanted or not. Um, And the offensive line, you know, I I would think that he at least had a hand in saying that he liked the guys that he had so they didn't improve them, whatever. But so you go in the next season, they have to revamp something on the offense. It's going to be the offensive line, but I would imagine they revamped that coaching staff on offense. Uh, maybe Freddie Kitchens is back and maybe not an of offensive coordinator, but a position coach because Joe is fond of him and maybe Jerry Skoplinski. But uh, you you could see the rest of them leaving. Rob Sales probably going to leave for Florida. And and historically, if you look at coaches that stay and then are forced to change their coaching staff, it almost never works. I The most recent example I can think of was Doug Peterson. Um, when he went into the 2020 season, uh, Jeffrey literally like forced him to fire his offensive coordinator and his QB coach. Someone understandably because the offense was kind of a mess with those two. Uh, Their wide receivers, no, the quarterbacks coach was fired. The wide receivers coach was fired. A bunch of other position coaches. He replaced them. You know, he didn't have a offensive coordinator. He had a bunch of different coaches, and it was an absolute disaster last year. I mean, that wasn't the reason necessarily, but I, I don't think a coach that has to change his entire staff because of incompetence is very long for the job. And if you're if you're forcing him to do that then you're already admitting that you're going into the next season with him probably not, you know, being the long-term solution, I would think. Right.
0: I mean, Joe judge has a big hill to climb to save his job with a new yeah. GM and all this change, uh, next year. I mean, you usually don't see it where there's like, like you said, that, that one off season and all the sweeping changes that are basically forced upon a guy because there are so many problems. And then, Oh, by the way, he comes back next year and is all safe. No, it usually ends with a, a steady decline into a firing and, um, you and I were talking about this the other day, like there's a possibility Joe Judge does not make it through the season next year. I mean, re- realistically.
1: So, if they play um, like this again, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, they started 1 and 5 and then they were 3 and 7 this year. They were 1 and 5 and then 2 and 6 and then 3 and 7. So, uh yeah, I mean, I think any of those type of starts could could get him canned. Um and what do they do offensive coordinator wise? Can they even get a really good coordinator to come and take this job for a hot seat head coach who, you know, who embraced certainly the style of offense that Jason Garrett was was running, a conservative approach. And he's been a, obviously fourth down going going for it, fourth down wise. He's been a conservative coach, um, you know. Which what what's the set of coordinators that is willing to come work for that type of coach who also happens to be on the hot seat? It would seem to be a limited group.
1: Yeah, I mean, and, and Joe's constantly talking about how he plays for field position, which is, like, such a weird and goes against, like, and I, I get it in, in, to an extent, but it's really an admission that you don't trust in your offense or your quarterback or whatever, I
0: think. Oh, and, but yeah, that I forgot that part of uh, yeah. the allure, lack thereof, of the OC job. Daniel Jones, right? So. Yeah.
1: <laughs> on, on, on the other hand, I think if you want to, like, you know, we're, we're writing a bunch of stuff. For the, this isn't one of them, actually, but, like, we're writing, like, reasons for, like, why the GM job would be good for the Giants or not. It's harder to come up with the good reasons, but with the offensive coordinator, as I said to you with the Dave Gettleman thing, whoever the next offensive coordinator is, it couldn't possibly be worse than it is right now. So at the very base minimum, he's improving on the previous offensive coordinator. Yeah, low bar Um, for
0: the GM and low bar for the OC. And if
1: if he's the person that turns this offense around and the Giants are good next year because of this offensive coordinator, then he's going to be a head coach pretty quickly, I would think. So. In that sense, it might, if it's like somebody who is a little more under the radar and a little farther away or something, they're not going to get like a big name, you would think, unless it's like Matt Nagy is getting fired or, you know, Joe Brady was fired or, you know, whatever. Go down that happens. road again. You, 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 you can always get like a veteran guy or whatever. But like you said, it's just really not appealing, especially Joe Judge has his hand in everything. Um, and you I mean, there's all this hype There's all this hype about their weapons, and Kenny Galladay played what like 12 games and is might not even get to 500 yards receiving for the year. uh Zero touchdowns. Garys Tony's probably not playing this week. Evan Ingram's gone. Saquon maybe he'll be better next year, but I, I don't know if you're banking on your running back anyway. Shepard's probably gone. Darius Slayton's kind of a minus at this point. And so like it's not like they have the weapons as they thought they did, and they don't have the offensive line. They're gonna have to get four new starting offensive linemen. So. Uh I mean just saying it all out loud, it's like who in their right mind would take this job unless they either have a close relationship with Judge or they're trying to rehabilitate their image like a Bill O'Brien type of guy. I don't not necessarily him specifically, but like a guy like that that's been fired and not in the league or something like
0: that. Yeah, somebody who's out of work, like uh, Jason Garrett was.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, be Jason Garrett actually. Yeah, uh,
0: but so. Joe Brady is an interesting one. I mean, obviously, if Matt Nagy is is out and he's made some money, maybe he sits on the sideline and watches for a year. And uh, by the way, you mentioned Galladay not to five hundred. Man, that's a bold. Piece. He's 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 parked on four ninety nine right now. So you're he betting for a,
1: catch last week, I and mean, he's Jake Fromm playing this week. So.
0: There you go. It could be it could be another goose egg game. By the way. He's Had two goose egg games here, uh, this year.
1: I he like Kenny, kept- you and I, I think you and I both like him as like he's just like a good and honest dude, sure. Uh, but like, that's it, might wind up being the worst contract Dave Gettleman ever signed a guy to. And that's they
0: effectively good. are giving him $54 million over the course of three years because it's really going to be hard to cut him. Um, yeah. before Nate, Nate, Nate Solder 30.
1: was unit his first year, Nate Solder was average to below average, he's been terrible since, but at least you got one year out of Nate Solder, you're like, okay, he's. He can play left tackle for us for now, whereas Kenny Galladay, I'm like, <coughs> this guy's injury prone. He can't get open on his own, and you have a quarterback who's going to get hurt again probably. So like, what can you rely on from Kenny? Like, I, I was high on Kenny Galladay coming in. I think he had the talent, but it's clear he's a guy that's you need a you know you need a quarterback that can get him the ball even when he's not open because he's not going to be open very often.
0: I'm looking at his numbers. I mean, he's played 13 games. He has 34 catches. So he, he's
1: going he's, to play 14 games, which is t- just two less than the original 16-game schedule, and he's not going to get to 600 yards or a touchdown.
0: Right now, I mean, the guy is averaging less than three catches a game, and he's at 38 yards a game averaging. Like, like, I mean, guy, decent receivers can stumble into those type of numbers. Yeah. Um, And I get, I get it, the quarterback factor, but it's not like he was lighting it up when Daniel Jones was um, – and, it, yeah, he had one good game. He had 116 yards in New Orleans. And other than that, he had a 64 and then a 64, a 53, and a 50. And that's, you know, one good game and a couple serviceable games. And they for $54 million bucks, when the Jets across town gave Corey Davis $27 million, effectively. So, like, I don't see a world well, in and the league. And the
1: thing was, it was even clear at the time that they – it was, like, so obvious they had to overpay because there like, just wasn't a market for him. There was, like, a rumor that the Bears are interested, but they couldn't have paid them what the Giants did. So. I remember, and I get you have to overpay free agents, but like they did to like, I was talking to like a a cap expert from PFF, and he was like, even if they could have probably gotten them for, I mean, I I mean, I I'm not in the negotiation room, um, but like they they're what paying them 18 million a year, even if you just drop that down to 16 mil, that two million is is huge for this team right now. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, it's funny because like deal at that point, but like at least like they saved a couple mil from their situation currently.
0: Oh, absolutely, and you know we we. I think about a year ago, or you know, a little less than X, maybe it was February, we were taught, we were doing a story on like, oh, wait, what, what skill position guys, what really good skill position guys would want to come play for Daniel Jones? And uh, I think part of it was like, well, Kenny Galladay actually want to come play for Jones? Like, at this point, it's like, do... Um, do does well, offer
1: do, somebody eighteen million? They'll play for anybody. Well, yeah,
0: exactly. Do, you know, they could certainly you could flip it around. Like, Does <laughs> with the Giants' quarterback? You know, obviously going to be Daniel Jones. We want Galladay at this point, considering what he's offered. And Tiki Barber in that story, we talked to him, and he said, um, he said, you know, they're going to pay eighteen million dollars a year for Kenny Galladay, and it's going to be a you know bad decision. They paid him exactly eighteen million dollars a year. So credit to Tiki for being a little prophetic there, and he was right. It hasn't been worth it.
1: Yeah, Um, and so uh, some news just came through that we can even so we can talk about this for a little bit here. Um, Kadarius Tony was declared out on Sunday, which means his rookie season is over. Um, Thirty-nine catches, four hundred twenty yards, zero touchdowns from your first-round pick. What what are what are your uh, what are your reactions to Kadarius Tony?
0: (laughs) Not good. I mean, not. I mean, separate. I mean, so like separate some of the like foolishness from it, Uh, like the punch. um, You know what he said about the the the, the uh, stuff. Yeah. The DUI or whoever, my Henry Rogers. I got it. That seems like a last time run. they
1: played Washington when he complained about his role on social media. Yeah,
0: so like set aside all that because like let's be honest. I mean, Terrell Owens had a ton of drama in his career, tons, tons, yeah. and and he was a fantastic player. So you, you can you know you can separate that. But but this is a guy who had Tony had 189 in one game, 78 in the other game, and didn't crack. And he had 40. He didn't he didn't crack over 40 in any of the other games. I mean. Wound up, wound up missing
1: what seven games out of seventeen, and um, and they basically didn't use him the first like three weeks, so he might. As what well a have mess! Been playing, but...
0: What a mess! I mean, yeah.
1: like, so they traded back to get him. What was the plan when you when you drafted this guy? Like, right? That's what I don't get. Uh,
0: um, I think. You know, look, they pass on Micah Parsons essentially, essentially pass on Rashawn Slater, two guys who look f- like they're going to be fantastic well, think, players.
1: Canarias does have talent, by the way, but like he's a very raw player. Like that was always the thing with him.
0: Yeah, he's going to need time. And, you know, he didn't really get a lot of developmental opportunities this year because of injuries ever since really the very, very start of training camp and um, a sort of a lost rookie year. Um, and so now he not only needs to play better, but they need to nail that other first-round pick, or else yeah. it'll look even worse that they that they traded back and passed on those two players who I mentioned in
1: Parsons and Slater. Yeah, and the interesting thing is, like, you can make the argument that they they should or could use both those first-round picks on offensive linemen, which is like seems insane that they would draft one of the guys as a center that's a highly rated, that they would have to draft a center in the top ten. Because of how much Dave Gettleman failed to build the offensive line, and it's just in shambles right now.
0: Yeah, you know they have they have needs all across. You know they got to get right tackle, and they, they got to get pass both passes, guards. Yeah, yeah, they have so many issues, so many
1: issues. An underrated one, by the way, is a tight end because um, it's pro- it's almost certainly going to be Evan Ingram's last game on Sunday with the Giants. They're probably going to cut Kyle Rudolph, so I think that leaves uh, Caden Smith as the only tight end under contract. And this is an offense that wants to run the ball a lot and. They aren't darn confident enough in their quarterback to throw it downfield. So, like, what? Who's going to be their tight end next year? They don't have money to go out and get somebody. So,
0: right. I mean, that's one. Like, we haven't even talked about that as an area
1: need. Um, It's like an underrated one because like the tight end is pretty important for a a bad offense.
0: Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, so it's a safety blanket for it can be a real security blanket for for a young quarterback, and um, you know they obviously haven't had that uh, that stability there for. You know, a few years now.
1: What? When? So we can actually we can talk about it since we mentioned it earlier. Um, they are gonna have to hire a new GM soon. Whether they announce, by the way, if if they announce Gettleman as a retirement and they let him last until the end of the season, it's just it's just slap in the face to Jerry Reese, who um I get like had some mistakes at the end, and but he he was the GM for two Super Bowls and and they fired him before the end of the season because of the Eli Manning stuff. And I don't think Dave Gettleman has done anything to show that he deserves any more respect than that so um i mean why don't they just say like he's fired after the season like yeah, it's uh, started interviewing people a they could
0: have already st- which is crazy right
1: yeah what i mean i get it like ultimately they might there's not going to be that many gm openings i don't think this year uh it seems like because it seems like the jaguars insanely might keep bulky uh even though fans are like uh <laughs> they're like protesting that i heard um and I think the Raiders might keep Mike Mayock potentially if they so. If they do that, then I don't really know how many GM jobs there are. The Bears probably will be one. I would think Ryan Pace doesn't come back, but so the appeal for the Giants' gig is pretty much just that it might be the only gig available. <laughs> but like, what 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 appeals are there for this job? Because I know that we can come up with a lot of negatives, but can you can you come up with any positives for this GM job? Yeah,
0: the draft capital. Yeah. Um, the, the, the draft capital, for sure. I mean, like, if you go to Tankathon right now, great website, by the way, and a great name. Tankathon, they have a, a draft power rankings. Uh, obviously, the cap situation is a mess. You know, the um, the, uh, the roster is a mess. Um, so we know that. But if you look at the, the draft power rankings on Tankathon, the Giants are currently, I believe, and I'll check it right now as we're talking, they're third, the Jets, Jaguars, and Giants. And that's because they got the two firsts and the two thirds. And... Um, so I think, um, there's a lot to like on that front. Now, are you going to immediately improve your roster by, with a couple ex, with an extra third round pick and extra first round? Probably not, but it helps. Um, and it, you well, certainly have the,
1: helps the depth long-term, which has been their issue forever.
0: Exactly. And you certainly have the ammo to trade up. I mean, now, hypothetically, if there was a quarterback and you wanted to get a quarterback, you, you have that ammo to trade up. Um, I don't know if that'll be a situation they'll find themselves in, whether it's for a quarterback or not, but, um, you know, I think probably you got to address offensive line with one of those first two picks, uh, and uh, for you know they got five and eight right now. Um, so I think you got to you got to go either tackle or right to the Linderbaum kid, the center from from yeah, Iowa, maybe. From Iowa, so yeah. um, so that's that's that. I think you know so so that's that's so it, like Joe Judge is sort of a negative to this job because you got to inherit him. But I think you know this is something I we actually we're writing a bunch of stuff in advance because uh you, know, you can kind of write this ahead of time. Um but like Joe Judge can also be a positive because he's on the hot seat entering this year, so there's a possibility the new GM could have his own
1: coach by next year. Um yeah. and, and so and in, and in the theory behind that is that he'd that basically the GM would have a free year to where the record doesn't matter and he gets to evaluate what's wrong with the Giants kind of
0: thing. Yes. And you know what? I forgot to make that point in that story, so I'm gonna go back and add that. So that's a good point. <laughs> go. Yeah, we you actually we were texting that very thing. You yeah, the GM does that's a great point, does have a free year, um, at least in the eyes of you know, the person who the coach or the fan base blames, right? Because Dave Gettleman sort of kind of been the, scape- the scapegoat this whole time. Um, maybe not so much totally right now, but but next year for sure, Judge will totally be
1: the scapegoat. Yeah. I mean, they're going to fire all the offensive coaches. Uh, it'll just be Judge and Daniel Jones will be the two that have the the target on their back. So and, they, and we knew Jones would this year, and then it was a disastrous year. I mean, how many touchdown passes did he end with? I just want to pull that up.
0: I'm gonna guess ten.
1: I think you're right. Yeah, ten. I didn't
0: cheat.
1: Ten passing touchdowns, and he also had two rushing. Um, So, but over the last two years, over twenty five games with Joe Judge, he has twenty one passing touchdowns. In thirteen games as a rookie, he had twenty four. Like in the modern NFL, to only have twenty one passing touchdowns in in twenty five games is just absolutely insane. You you would luck. You think you would luck into some where everybody on the defense falls over and the guy runs for a touchdown. But and just, what's funny
0: is pass. is their record in those games is you'd think it would be worse. I mean, 9-16 and 16 with him as their starter yeah. over the past few years. I mean, I, I mean years. what
1: that tells you is that the defense is playing well. Of course. And yeah. the yeah. offense is not holding up their end. So we've we said this going into the year. If the offense was even a little bit better, they win a couple more games. Not only was the off, they averaged 17 and a half points a game last year. They're at like 16 now. The offense got worse. Like, it's just wild. And I know a lot of that's the last five weeks, but – they weren't scoring with Daniel Jones either. So,
0: um, you're right. They're getting you. Choked yeah, up. yeah. I got a little
1: cough. Getting out of a had a little flu situation recently. I'm Sick of the Giants. Oh, oh, hey. Um, yeah, we're we enjoyed the Giants. It's just not. So I, we can end on this note. Um, when we're, we're talking about the season, they do have a game on Sunday. I don't think people actually care about predictions for that game, so we're not going to do that um 100 to when, zero <laughs> when you when, when you look back at this 2021 season what will you remember about the giants oh my gosh i feel like the judge speech because it's such re, it's recency bias but i feel like it encapsulates everything that was wrong with the team this year
0: i feel like we should get it
1: i will remember you know that <laughs> and like it's like a montage of all the terrible things that green on.
0: day time of your life yeah uh <laughs> <laughs> I be incredible
1: <laughs> one of those
0: guys on twitter should put that together the bobby skinner guy that fella yeah <laughs> yeah there you go how about green day time of your life giants 2021 <laughs> montage but um yeah i think the judge speech really sums it up because um to me uh this team was a whole lot of talk and a whole lot of um maybe not show per se but like a whole lot of big names and big words, not a whole lot of big names, but enough big names, big words, and big, big talk, uh, I guess, about what's going right, and very little demonstratively to show that anything was going right, right? I mean, they signed uh, Kenny Galladay and, well, Dory Jackson had an okay year, but, like, they signed, they bring in these guys to help this offense and Kenny Galladay, Kid Arias, Tony, Kyle Rudolph, and it, they just fizzle. They never factored in from the get-go. They were supposed to be the guy. So there were a whole lot of, you know, expectations and notable names to come in to help this offense, and it could not have gone worse. Um, and, yeah, you hear a coach talk a lot about culture and all that stuff. But, like, you know, I th- we t- talked to Marcus Spears. He played in the NFL for a while. He's with ESPN now a couple weeks ago if we, for these stories we've been doing about the state of the Giants. And he said, winning, man, like winning. That's what builds culture, winning games. like And I get that there, there are things that go in, into that behind the scenes, like the attitude of players and that sort of thing, and those are important. But like, um, it's just really hard for fans to take seriously a coach uh, who, who's talking about these things and just the, the results are not showing up in any meaningful, tangible way. So I'll, I'll just remember – that about this team because like, it's easy to forget now that this team actually had some expectations, right? Yeah. <laughs> like it, it all fizzled so fast because so like you know they they started 0 and 3 and then then uh 1 and 5, right? Yeah. Uh so <laughs> It all fizzled out really fast and they had these injuries from the get go. But like let's not forget that like when this team convened for camp in late July, there was there were significant expectations that this would be a year that they would build on six and ten, that they could potentially push for a playoff spot with the extra wild card in the seventeenth game. Um, and that Daniel Jones could take the next step. And like none of those things happened and like not even
1: close. Yeah. It's crazy. If you go back and look at all the storylines, I'd I would say they got the the bad end of just about every one of them. Oh, I, mean, you know, I know. Even guys that we just like, you know, took for granted as they would just be good or as as great as they were last year, Leonard and Leonard Williams and James Bradbury, who were fantastic last year. And probably the reason why they won six games in a lot of ways. And Bradbury had, you know, a terrible year in a lot of ways. He he got better at the end of the year, but he was getting beat all year. He let up like six touchdowns all year, let up two last year. Leonard, I think, has five and a half sacks, and he finally got hurt for the first time, so he's been banged up at the end. And you didn't see like Dexter Lawrence take the leap. Um, you know, Sterling Shepard didn't say healthy like he wanted to. Saquon wasn't Saquon. <laughs> like Andrew Thomas is probably, Andrew Thomas and Xavier McKinney are the two you could say made a leap forward. And I don't know if there's anybody else on the roster.
0: Yeah. And look, I mean, they had a bad luck thing with Blake Martinez. You know, that stunk for him very early on. The God, how long ago was that? that he got hurt? Falcons week three? Yeah.
1: It was, and that's, it was
0: that's too bad. He's a good guy. And, um, well, you know, I mean, he seems like a good guy and, um, and a good leader for this defense, and a really good a good player too. So they really missed him. So Aziz Ojolari had a pretty solid rookie year. put up some good sacks, but like wasn't really rated highly by PFF. If you look
1: at yeah, like I think the you he looked into a lot of those sacks, but you'll take what you can get, I guess. Sure,
0: I think it's better than the alternative of what they've been getting from Lorenzo Carter and Oshane Zimenez, which is like zero. But yeah, Thomas McKinney, um, and and it's funny. I'm like staring at my screen right now, and we were talking about this before we started, like who are the pieces that the new GM can and should build around, right? Thomas McKinney. And then like you and I were talking about it. Like, where do you stretch it? Dexter Lawrence, I guess, ojalari probably. And then probably Leonard Williams, who's not worth his contract.
1: I, guess, I don't know. Maybe a Dory Jackson, but I don't know if he would be as good if they didn't have Bradbury on the other side either.
0: Right. And he can't, he can't necessarily stay healthy. And like yeah. at this point in his career, like how deep into his career is he? I mean, he's, well, he's still pretty young, obviously. So duh, you know, he's going to be 27 basically at the start of next year. So, um but, yeah, I think definitively, if you can pick five definitive pieces uh, to build around, uh, the, probably those five guys. And Carl Banks mentioned this when we talked to him for this, this series of stories on the Giants rebuild. He said, you probably need 10 to 12 guys that are cornerstone foundational players. And let's keep in mind here, Carl Banks is essentially is employed by the Giants. Like he's yeah. a radio play by play guy. And he said they have three to five guys right now. <sighs> They're a far away. They're far away.
1: So, and they, they need to hit on all their draft picks because they're not signing any corners done guys. So, um, all right, we can we can wrap up on that note. Uh, You can, if you want to know what our predictions are, we both predicted them to get killed. I don't think you really care about the score. Um, we're just going to assume they're going to get killed until they don't. And they only have one game left. So the season will end on Sunday. Um, It'll be a long off season. It'll be a busy one. Uh, we'll have a GM search. I'm sure we'll get another pod for you in the coming weeks uh, about that GM search. Uh, but thanks for listening this season guys and we'll uh, we'll hit you soon.